started last week uh, over what Jesus said in his own words, I am. And so he, he went through uh, seven different times in the, in the Gospel of John saying, I am something. And last week we looked at I am the bread of life. And today we're looking at I am the light of the world. And we saw last week um, that while bread satisfies our physical hunger, that the bread of life satisfies our spiritual hunger. We also saw that bread sustains our life, but the bread of life is our life giver. So Jesus is our life giver, and that bread satisfies only temporarily, but the bread of life, Jesus, satisfies us eternally. And so we saw that the main idea last week was, while bread sustains life, the bread of life, Jesus Christ, sustains forever. And last week we ended with this passage from John six fifty one, saying, Jesus said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give, my, give, for, give for the life of the world. So Jesus is saying he is all that we need. He is all that will satisfy us, all that will sustain us. And he's giving his life to the world. And so we're going to be looking at today how Jesus is coming, how Jesus came to the world as light. So let's open our Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 8, and we're going to be going through some passages in John chapter 8. And in the uh, very first few verses here, the, the, the teachers of the law had bring in this woman that's, you know, it's, it's just after dawn. Interesting that we're going to be looking at light today, but it's just after dawn. And, and they bring in this woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Now, I don't know where the man was, but they just brought in the woman. And, and they used this woman to try to trap Jesus. And so they wanted to know, they wanted to know if she should really be killed for what she did. And so Jesus, he, act, he does things differently than, than anybody else, right? He's, he's clever, he's smart, he's, he's wise. Jesus wrote on the ground. Um, and then, and we don't know what was written there, but it says in verse 7, they kept questioning him. This is John chapter 8, verse 7. And, and, he, and he straightened up and he said to them, let the, any one of you without sin be the first to throw the first stone. Fair enough, right? If you haven't sinned, you can convict her. Okay? Verse 8 says, Again, he stooped down and wrote something on the ground. And at this, those who had heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, and, until only Jesus was standing there with the woman. And, and so we see that, that the older people start realizing, yeah, I, I, I have a lot of sin in my life, or I've had at least some sin. And, and then finally, everybody's leaving, and who's, who's going to condemn her? So Jesus then, in verse 10, or in, sorry, in verse 9, I think it says, oh yeah, 10, Jesus straightened up so he stood up and he asked her woman where are they 
Has no one condemned you? And she said, no, no one. And Jesus said, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Jesus could condemn her, but Jesus chose to show mercy. He chose to show her grace. He chose to let her, let this experience change her life. This woman encountered a Savior that exposed the darkness and offered her light. Offered her to live a life without sin. To live a life in the light of the world, in in Jesus' light. And the next verse, Jesus says, now it's, it's a little bit later, and it says in, in John 8, 12, it says, when Jesus spoke again to the people. Now, keep in mind, these, these people, they had come in to, to, to see this woman get stoned, to see what Jesus would say, to see if they could accuse Jesus of breaking Moses, the law of Moses, to try to see what they were, you know, to see if Jesus would convict her and let her die. So now these people had all left, and they had, I wonder, thinking about, the sin in their life, right? So now they've come back. And the first thing that Jesus says is to these people, like where he just had told the woman, he showed her grace and he showed her kindness. He did not condemn her. He said, now leave your life of sin. Then he says, I am the light of the world. And then he describes this. He says, whoever follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. And so we're going to be looking at this verse, kind of breaking into a few parts here. But we're going to see today that, that following Jesus means that we're going to be living not in darkness, but in his light. And we all, if we've had an encounter with Jesus, if we've all experienced Jesus's light, then it's going to be really easy for us to, to give Jesus glory, to give him honor, to praise him. But maybe that was a long time ago. Maybe we've kind of forgot. But what I want to, what I want to just look at today is how ex- we, if we've experienced that Jesus is the light, his radiance, his beauty, his, his glory, that, that's life-changing, just for this, this lady and for others. Um, now think about this. There was this man, and we probably, a lot of us know this story. This man was going out trying to kill people in the name of Jesus, or who, who, were, who were for Jesus. He was trying to kill people who were for Jesus. And he was on his way to go arrest more and more of these followers of Jesus. And on the way he encountered Jesus. He encountered the brilliance, the light of Jesus. And, and, and it, said, it says in, in Acts chapter uh, 8, when Saul, ironically, couldn't see, Saul didn't see, uh, but when he was, he was blinded by this light. He was blinded because of Jesus' brilliance. And in this encounter, Saul, 
who was persecuting Christians, he encounters Jesus, and he realizes that Jesus is the one and true Lord, the one and true God, the one and true light. And so we, we know Saul, who becomes Paul, one of the, the greatest missionaries in the history of the church. He wrote most of the, the New Testament epistles. He, he's, his life was changed because of his encounter with Jesus as light. And I hope that's the same for each of us, that we have an encounter with Jesus. And maybe we, don't, maybe we aren't spiritually blinded. Maybe we aren't physically blinded by his light. But we have an encounter with Jesus. And we see his brilliance, his radiance, his beauty. And his illumination, it exposes all that was wrong, all that is sin in our life. You know, there's a, a song that my daughter Lucy loves to sing all the time called Reckless Love. And there's one part of the bridge that says, No shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up coming after me. And, and we sing that and sing that, and she sings it at the top of her lungs, like declaring God's truth that he's coming, and that there's no darkness that's in the way of what Jesus can do, because Jesus is light, and he's going to come in any area, in every area, to expose the sin and the darkness and the lost, and he's going to come after us. It, even in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were expecting and waiting for this light. It says in, in Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises up upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So Isaiah is just writing about how Jesus is the, the, the one that brings light, and people change because of Jesus. And then Isaiah, a little bit later in, in Isaiah 60, he talks about, the, about heaven. And he says in 19 and 20, he says, The sun will be no more. Uh, the, the sun will be no more because... Uh, your light of the day, nor the brightness of the moon shine on you. The Lord will be your everlasting light. And your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again. And your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light. And your days of sorrow will end. So that picture of Jesus, we know this, that Jesus is, in heaven, there's no need for a sun. There's no need for, for a moon and stars. But Jesus is all the light we need. Our first point today is that followers of Jesus experience the light of the world. If we experience the light of the world, if we experience Jesus Christ, it changes everything, doesn't it? It changes our view. It, not, not just our physical sight, but our, spirit, our spiritual sight. We are opened to, our eyes are opened to Jesus. Open to the, the, the ways of Jesus. 
Now, the second part of John 8, 12, where Jesus said, he said, I am the light of the world. Then he says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Okay? Well, the, the people that follow Jesus, the people that experience Jesus, the people that follow and trust Jesus will never walk in darkness. In, in 1 John 5 and 6, the Apostle John, who wrote John and also 1 John, he said, this is a message we've heard from the beginning, and we declare to you that God is light. In him, in Jesus, there is no darkness at all. And so then he's talking to the believers saying, if we claim to have fellowship with Jesus, but yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. If we say that we are in Christ, if we are in Jesus, if we have fellowship with him, but yet our life is still walking into dark places, and not because you're going there to shine the light of Jesus, but you're walking there because you want to be in the dark, then he's saying we lie and we don't live out the truth. You're, not, you're probably not really a believer if you're seeking out the darkness because that's where you want to be. Jesus, at the very beginning of the New Testament, was, or sorry, at the beginning of, of the book of John, John describes him as the Word, and the Word that gave life to everything that was created, and that his life was brought, that brought the light to everyone. And, the, and he also says in, in this first chapter of John, the true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus is the true light. At the very beginning of the Bible, we hear that God, the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, together, they say, let there be light. Light is an important part of the Bible. I, I, when I was studying about light, I was, I was looking at, wow, this should be like a sermon series or something, not just one message. But there's so much there's so much about this idea of light and how Jesus is the light of the world and that we are to no longer be walking in the darkness. Our second point today is that as followers of Jesus, we no longer want to walk in the darkness. We no longer seek the darkness. You know, when we lived in Nicaragua, it was very common to see a cockroach. And cockroaches, not to brag, I guess, but cockroaches were fairly large in Nicaragua. I don't know if that, I guess that's not really bragging because you don't want big cockroaches. But cockroaches were really big. And it seemed like most of the time in the, at night, if you ever went to go get a drink of water, and, and it wasn't just because we lived in kind of a shady place, it's just like kind of everywhere. <laughs> turn on a light, and often there's some cockroaches that scatter because the light's on. Gross, I know. <laughs> we kind of got used to that. But gross, cockroaches, terrible. But who wants to be a cockroach? Who wants to be going into the place of darkness? Who wants to be going there and living, creeping around in the dark, up to no good? Believers in Jesus do not want to live in the darkness. 
But there are some people. In fact, in, in Job 24, I think I have this on the slide. In Job 24, this is in the Old Testament. It says this about people who rebel against the light. It says in verse 13, There are those who rebel against the light, who do not know its way or stay in its path. When daylight is gone, the murderer rises up, kills the poor and needy, and the night, in the night steals forth like a thief. The eye of the adulterer watches for the dusk. He thinks, no eye will see me. And he keeps his face concealed. In the dark, thieves break into the houses. But by day, they shut themselves in. They want nothing to do with the light. So all these things are happening, all these really bad things are happening in the night, in the darkness. And it says in verse 17, For all of them, midnight is their morning. They make friends with terror, with the terrors of darkness. There's many people that they want to be in the darkness. If you were a believer in Jesus Christ, that is no longer us anymore. That is no longer you anymore. Jesus died to pay the price of your sins. And we don't want to go sliming back into the darkness like the cockroaches. When the light comes on, they try to get to the darkness quickly. In, John, in 1 John 2, verse 11, uh, John again says, But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. Now he's talking about brother and sister in Christ. And we talked about this in the last sermon series, that we are in a family of God. If you believe Jesus and you love Jesus, you are in the family of God. If you, if you love him, trust him, and you've given your life to Jesus. But if, if you or I, is choosing hate against a brother or sister in Christ, then we are walking around in the darkness. That's what Apostle John says. And it says of these people, they do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I would say if if we are choosing the darkness, instead of being in Jesus' light, if we are choosing the darkness, I believe we're probably not really a follower of Jesus. Okay, so that, that, that doesn't mean we don't sin. That mean, but if we're choosing a lifestyle of sin, if we're choosing to do opposite of what Jesus' spirit wants us to do, I believe we're not, you are not a follower. Whoever that is, is not a follower of Jesus. So don't kid yourself. So we saw, we've seen that followers of Jesus experience the light of the world and that followers of Jesus no longer want to walk around in the darkness. In this last part of John eight twelve, Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus offers not just light, but he offers the light of life. He offers all of us that trust in him, all of us that follow Jesus, to have the light of life. That, we, that when Jesus is, is shining his light to us, we, it's, it's life-giving, it's, it's transformational, it's, it's grace and it's peace and it's, it's joy. It's just, it, and we can't just like hide it in. 
You know, Moses, when he had encountered God on the, on the Mount Sinai, his face was radiating. It was brilliant. People saw that he had just encountered God. How do we look when we encounter God? Are we shining? Are we having the light of life? Do we have joy on our face? You know, I mentioned in the in this funeral this week that that Fern always had this smile on her face. She had this joy that just exuded out of her. Is that what we look like? Is that what we look like when we are followers of Jesus? That we just take Jesus' light and we just, we don't keep it for ourselves, but we, it just comes out of us and people see that we've had an encounter with Jesus. C.S. Lewis says, don't shine so others can see you. Shine so that through you, others can see him. Others can see Jesus in you. That's why we shine, not for ourselves. So our third point today is that followers of Jesus shine the light of life into the world. That we, if, we are, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we are to shine Jesus' light, his light of life to everyone around us. We're to shine Jesus' light into this dark world. It's good for us to go into dark places, but not because we want to be in the dark, but because we want to expose the darkness. We want to bring light into dark places. There is spiritual blindness all around us, but Jesus offers his light of life. And, and we are vessels for him. We are ones that carry his light into dark places. So we are called, if you are a follower of Jesus, we are called to be his light and shine his light. We are to go into the darkness and to be his light. We don't have to try to be his light. You know, uh, we, the kids sing the song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, don't let Satan blow it out. And, but there's different things that we say, saying like, don't uh, Shine brighter. Try to do your best in shining. No, it's, it's not about how much we shine. It's that once we've had an encounter with Jesus, once we've fully experienced Jesus and his light and his life-giving light, then his light is just going to radiate out of us. His light is going to show people that we know Jesus, that, we, that, that, that Jesus loves me and he loves you. And we're going to shine. Again, in 1 John 1, 7, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. So that his light is life-giving. His light changes us. So we can experience the light of the world that we no longer want to live in the darkness, and that we shine the light of life into the world. Our main idea today is that when you fully experience Jesus as the light, as the true light, as the life giver, the one that is giving the light of life, Jesus will shine through you. 
And when Jesus shines through you, other people are going to be like, what is it? What's going on? Who is this? How, how, like, why is this person just radiating with, the, with love and joy? And why are they just be, being peaceful and, and kind to me? It doesn't make any sense. How can, I, how, how can they do this? It just shakes people in a good way. It rocks their world because Jesus is the light of the world. But then in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Now, is it Jesus is the light of the world or is it you? Well, Jesus said both, right? Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, but then he also said, you are the light of the world. So to try to understand this, Jesus is commissioning us. He's commissioning his followers to be his light. He says in Matthew that a, a city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So that's Jesus' challenge for us, is, is that he is the light of the world, and that he gives his light to us so that we can be the light to the broken and darkness of the world. That people, you know, let's just imagine, as followers of Jesus, if we are so full of Jesus' light, the light of life, people are going to see it. The people that we're praying for, the people that we're reaching out to, the people that we're discipling, everyone's going to see Jesus' light. And they're going to give glory to our Father in heaven. And people are going to come to the true light. Not a light, but the true, the only light. The source of light is God. Before we close, I just want to encourage you to, to, to write down this, to answer this question. How have I experienced Jesus as the light of the world? So take a moment and talk to the Lord about that. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are light and that you give us your light and that you shine your light into all places of darkness and darkness is expelled as soon as your light shines. Lord, we pray that we would be bearers of your light, that we would really fully encounter and experience you, Jesus, as the light of the world. And Jesus, we pray that that followers of you would shine your light with boldness, would go into the dark places, would go to places where you, where you are not known, where you are maybe even disliked or, or uh, people are against you, but God, that you would use us as your followers to expel the darkness and expose sin. And Jesus, we thank you that you give the light of life. So I pray that we would all be changed by your light and your love. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.